G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the very last pre-season episode of the Extended Bench heading into the 2019 season. Thanks so much for joining us. My name's Christian and as always I'm joined on the other side of the desk by my mate Matt. How are you doing today bud? Hello, I am doing very well. <laughs> he looked up from his sheets and just... And panicked. Like, as if he's caught by surprise that we just started this podcast and said, hello! Well, to be fair, it's because I got in here and you sprung on me that we were changing what our big calls were. So my nice little table I'd written up has to be rewritten. Is it live? <laughs> yeah, there's because no... Because <laughs> I am the official record keeper, because I know you won't keep the records for the end of the year. You know, that's very true. I will not keep any records. So and, and I'll do very to, little research as well. Just trying to capture it all at the moment. <laughs> um, mid-pod. <laughs> so what we're going to do today for you all is, obviously we know that lockout is happening in just a few short days' time. We can't wait to get back into the AFL season, to get back to some AFL fantasy footy as well. So we're going to take you through our salary cap teams in AFL fantasy line by line we're going to talk you through our choices some guys that you need to pick some guys that you should be avoiding and you can feel free to leave as many comments on our twitter uh, account as you want making fun of these choices that we make but hey it's all part of the game and it's one of the things we love about afl fantasy so uh you ready to dive right into it matt or are you still are you still researching no i'm not researching i'm writing oh my god this is an absolute shambles, and I love it. This is this is full on preseason mode right here. This and it this is this epitomizes preseason yeah, right now. It really epitomizes preseason, and especially the and run up to to lockout two days before the first game. Which, by the way, how pumped are we? Oh, mate. It's I, I absolutely at the time can't of recording. Wait. It is less than two days until the season starts, and <laughs> I am pumped. <laughs> All right, enough vamping. We're going to get straight into it, and I think we'll start with uh, we'll start with my defensive line, shall we? Sounds good. Uh, just so that uh, you have extra time to really take things in, uh, which you seem to need today. Um, so I'm going to start off uh, with I've got two premiums, mm-hmm. two mid prices, and then rookies from there. So okay. we have uh, Jake. Lloyd coming in at uh, first drop, Alex Witherden, yep. then Brody Smith. Uh, I've got Zach Williams coming in fourth, my who's my second mid pricer, and then I've got rookies on the field in Jordan Clark and Xavier Dersma, with my bench being Jax Grimshaw mm-hmm. and Marty Hall at the moment. Interesting. Um, now, just keep in mind that for the purposes of this conversation, both Matt and I will be subject to the age-old thing of if these rookies are not named in the round one oh, team yeah, drops, cut. they're cut. They, they, these guys won't be in if they're not actually <laughs> named round one. Um, but this is under the assumption that these guys have done enough in the JLT. Um, all right, take it away, Matt. So, what do you think of that? Lloyd and Withrow as your two primos. Who I think are absolutely top six this year. I agree 100%. I think Lloyd is going to be the number one defender at the end of the year. Yep. Um, and Withrow, I think we can expect some big jumps from him. It's third year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's traditionally the breakout year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's their go-to quarterback type um, halfback position. So they get the ball in his hand so he can distribute it. He'll take a few kickouts, but he'll also get, if they do some, decide to do a shorter kickout, so yeah. a little quick kick in, he'd be the person that they spotted up. So yeah. keep an eye on Daniel Rich probably taking a lot of their kickouts. And if he chooses to do a shorter kick, it'll most likely to be someone like yeah, Witherden. I suspect that um, Rich and Witherden will share the kick-in duties. Um, so I I like both of those picks. Brody Smith, I'm a big fan of this year. Oh, he's, he's so underpriced. He's yeah, that's the for thing. what he can do the, the, for the price. He's what 439k, which I think is um, priced at about 77 or so. Yeah. 
I reckon he goes significantly higher than 77 this year. I mean, even if there was just a, a natural sort of increase after coming back from injury and he went up from 77 to, say, 83, something yeah. like that, like a humble six-point rise, you haven't factored in the, the play-on from uh, uh, from the defensive 50 or yeah. from the uh, defensive goal square. If yeah. he does uh, three or four play-ons per game, that's an extra 9 to 12 points to his average. Absolutely. And I think Laird had a interview about a week or so ago where he said that Brody Smith has basically said, I'm taking the kick-ins, <laughs> nobody else going near the ball. So uh, I think we can expect a lot of growth from the kick-in duties for him because he yep. loves to run with the ball. Um, so, yeah, love that pick. Um, Zach, Williams. Zach Williams oh, was, yes. was next. Um, that's, I mean, I, I think he, you have to start with him this you year. You have to. With the price, he's at um, 421k. He's a must-have. Um, so, I love that one. Jordan Clark. Um, Already been announced that he's in the round one team, basically, by Brad Scott today. Yeah, Brad Scott yeah. has come out and said that it would take a brave coach to leave him out. Yeah. Um, so, I, I like it. I think he's going to score very well for the few weeks that he's in. Um, because he is just a nice, clean user of the ball. He's an accumulator that can use him across half-back, particularly with Tui out. Yep. The question will be, when Tui comes back, has Clark done enough to hold his spot? Um, which we'll all have to watch and wait and see. The risk with rookies. It is the risk with rookies. Worst case scenario, if he loses his spot, um, you, I suspect he will have made a bit of money in those few weeks. So you can either... He can be one of your first downgrades... Or you stick him on your bench because he will be back in the team at some point. Yeah, pretty quickly, I suspect. Yeah. All right, uh, Xavier Dersma is one of my boys. There was no chance. <laughs> I, as soon as I heard that he was playing round one, which has already been announced, there was yep. no way he wasn't going to be in my team. Yep. This guy averaged very well at underage level. He um, mm-hmm. uh, at state under 18s, he was averaging about 101 fantasy points per game over 13 games. Yeah, I was sort of humble average in the um, uh, the TAC Cup. I think it was around about 65. So nothing special from his four games. But again, I think he really shone through in those um, the uh, state under eighteen comps, and yeah, um, he looks like he's got a spot off half back or a wing for Port. I agree. I think he'll play half back slash wing. I think he's a good user of the ball. He's got pace and skill off that outside position. He is very slightly built, so I think he will get buffeted a little bit. I'm not sure how many games he'll manage to play this year, but to start the year off, I think he's the pick of the. Um, of the Port Rookies. Possibly yeah. Willem Drew. Yeah, Willem Drew just because he's that bit cheaper and gives you a yeah. forward option and that's rare in this um yeah. in the what we've got to look at for forward rookies, but I think Xavier Dozma is a much better option than either Zach Butters or uh Connor Rosie. Agreed. Because he's gonna be his role in the team is gonna be more conducive to fantasy scoring. Absolutely. So I like it. Yeah. Um, um the Scrimshaw, bench, Scrimshaw and okay. Hoare. Scrimshaw, I think I saw something yesterday or today, I can't remember when, saying that um, from Alistair Clarkson saying he needed to work on his conditioning. Yep. Um, so I'm suspecting Scrimshaw won't make the round one team. Which, again, if he's not, he's out straight out of yep. the team. We're not sticking with these teams. Yeah, absolutely. But if he does make round one, I will be bringing him into my team because I don't have him at the moment. And he does, he has, a, again, a role which would be conducive to scoring. And I think from memory he's about 201, 203. 203, yep. Um, and he will play the virtual role. Yeah. So, so and virtual, God knows if he'll ever come back, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. I mean, unfortunate for the man, but I, yeah. he's, his body is just ruined with injuries. So yeah. I don't but think he'll get back. Importantly for Scrimshaw, it is a role that does allow him to get the ball mm-hmm. and will allow him to score. I mean, so. even if he only averages 65 or so for, um, for most of the year, I mean, that's modest, but it does allow him to rise drastically in price. Absolutely. I'd hope he'd 
average a little bit more than that because otherwise he's potentially going to be a bit of a slow burn mm-hmm. with the price he starts at. But um, yeah, I'm quite keen on him. And Marty Hoare, he's sort of my last minute addition. He's just a place and it looks like he's got a spot in the best yeah. 22 to start the season. Not expecting a huge amount from him, but... Um, Heartbeat, you know? He's a heartbeat. Yeah, and he'll, he'll be a slow slow burner, yeah. I think. All so right. all up, I quite like that. All right, what does your backline look like then, Matt? Very similar to yours. Yep. Um, I have Whitfield and Lloyd as okay. my two primos. Okay, so you don't have Witherden? I do not, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and Whitfield, to, to be honest, on the way here, I was tossing up Whitfield a little bit more. And with um, Ward being out of the side, Kelly coming into the season underdone, Cogs... Being a lockdown sort of role himself, I suspect Whitfield might end up being the guy that opposition teams turn to to try and shut down a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe he might drop a little bit in price to start the year. So I'm tossing up whether or not to keep him. But um, at the moment, he's in. Yeah. Um, I also have Zach Williams and Brody Smith like yourself. Mm-hmm. So for exactly the same reasoning. Good mid-prices. Um, I have a third mid-pricer in Wayne Miller. Oh, yeah, all right. My so, preseason hype boy. Yeah, we'll keep going. We'll get the rest of your defense and then and, we'll talk about this. Uh, Jordan Clark also on the field. Um, my emergencies are Dersma and Hoare. Okay, so... Very similar to yours. Yeah, so going through that, it is it is quite similar. So you've got uh, three of the same rookies as me in Clark, Dersma, and Hoare. Uh, having Dersma on your bench is a bit of a luxury. Yeah. Um, you've pushed a little bit more talent into this, and I have the odd feeling I know where you've saved a bit of penny. So, okay, um, I would much... In my head, I prefer Witherden over Whitfield or Laird because I believe that Witherden is underpriced for what he can perform this year, whereas I think... Laird is a little bit overpriced. He's not going to go down much, but slightly. And Whitfield's about where he's at. So Yeah, I agree the, with Laird for sure. Yeah, and I think Whitfield's where he's, uh, what he will average, what his average is in 2018 is what mm-hmm. he'll sort of average this year because, as you said, the tagger will pay a little bit more attention to him. Yeah. Um, particularly if Kelly's not on the park, you know, and, yeah. and he does have a lot of issue issues, uh, Kelly. Um, so yeah, I I actually quite like your backline. Miller is interesting. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong, I love Wayne Miller, but I I think having three mid prices and I know how mid price madness you've gone for the rest yeah. of your team. Look, I, and this is probably a good point for me to put a bit of a disclaimer in for my team. Oh my god, I didn't intentionally do it, but my team has become mid price madness. Um, and I guess so. Start of the preseason I didn't intentionally set out to do guns or rooks guns and rooks or mid price madness Mm -hmm. I just looked to see where I felt I could find some value yep and the way it ended up working out is the value for me this year in the mid prices yeah and and there is a lot of value so my team I wouldn't necessarily suggest it as a blueprint for anyone it's more (laughs) a um more a bit of a experiment for me this year to see how it actually works out um well, I know there's a lot of teams out there, and my team's got a lot of more mid-prices than I normally would as well, but you've gone above and beyond that somehow. Oh, so You have no idea. You just wait. All right. But the rest of your backline, I, I quite like. So, But just getting back to Wayne Miller quickly. Yeah, of course. I think he'll average well this year, particularly because he's going to push into the midfield. Um, I, he's not going to be a top six defender. No. He's but not. he's going to go up just enough. He's going to do that mid-pricer job. I would probably prefer, because there are more rookies in the back line, who, while they're not going to score massively, I think the four that I mentioned, if Scrimshaw is in there round one, 
they will all be there and about for the first five or six rounds and making you cash. Yeah, so I guess for me, the other thing was... Scrim- and you can save money, obviously. Yeah, so Scrimshaw, I don't think will play round one, so mm-hmm. I haven't even bothered putting him in there as a placeholder. Um, and the other popular defensive rookie in Collins... Collins and uh, Rosie would be the two. Yeah, Rosie's not going to score enough for me to be remotely interested. And Collins, I think, will be under siege the entire year, so he won't have the opportunity to play that loose intercepting role that he did so well in the VFL. So I think he will be, at best, a very slow burn. I'm not interested. Well, I'm giving the opposite opinion there, because if Scrimshaw isn't named, I'm, I've am i got an extra 40k in the bank, I'm going straight up to Sam Collins. Because um, I think that... Uh, they will have enough. So um, I forget the name of the tall defender that they've brought. Uh, uh, what would the the one from Port? Um, yeah, I know. Is that Jonas? No, 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 not Jonas. Um, Homsch. Homsch, that's the one. Homsch will be the lockdown key defender, and he will be sort of a center half back. Yep. Um, and that center half back role does still allow you to take intercepting marks. I so mean, we've seen that me, with McGovern. The thing is, their team's going to be that bad that the ball is going to be getting bounced in there so quickly. Mm-hmm. And with the 6 6 6 starting positions, he's not going to have the opportunity to get loose. He's going to have to lock down on someone and he's not going to have the opportunity to intercept. I think that a lot of people are overstating the 666 for entries because uh, what it's going to allow to happen is mm-hmm. people are going to flood back as soon as the, the whistle is blown. Yep. Now, the only kick that's going to beat that winger flooding back into, heart, into the back line to help out mm-hmm. is going to be the quick scrambled kick out of a clearance, which is likely to be able to be intercepted anyway because it's not a directed kick to a leading forward. Or a dominant midfield getting on top in the centre and delivering it with precision. Well, that, that midfield would... is not going to dominate Gold Coast. True, but that would be like every single clearance would be like Chris Judd heyday-esque. Oh, yeah, so I'm running not, through I'm, and then pinpointing a kick I'm at full I'm not suggesting pace. that that's going to happen, that that's going to be every centre clearance against yeah. Gold Coast. I'm just saying that I don't think there's going to be enough upside for Collins for me to be interested. And on the flip side, for me, I think that the ball's going to be going in there that much and there's going to be so many scrambled quick kicks in from clearances that Gold Coast just can't stop. A lot of these kicks, although a lot, uh, some will be very well directed to leading forwards and they're going to kick so many goals against Gold Coast for that. There's going to be a lot of scrambled kicks, a lot of like terrible entries that Collins can intercept Mark. It's it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think we've got to agree to disagree on that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm 100% behind Sam Collins this year. I think he's stable, and I think he's definite a uh, definite heartbeat for you. Yeah. All right. Shall I do my midfield do first? Your mid, do your midfield first. I'm dying to hear this, actually. Right, so... <coughs> I've been looking forward to this for a while, because we, we sort of had a chat about it after the last podcast, and the amount of mid-prices was just insane. So, and this is where... I've gone absolutely berserk with mid-price madness, and I cannot recommend this strategy to anybody. Actually, just just before we we, we get into it, how many mid-prices have you got? Just count them, right? Now. In your in your midfield, in, in your my midfield. midfield, yeah, in your midfield. Actually, I'd say only three mid-prices, but there's a couple of underpriced. Okay, see, I well. I would count four of my players as mid-price, but I think some of yours. Your county you is could, underpriced premiums. You could make the argument they are mid-prices. Yeah. All you right, could make go. the argument they are overpriced mid-prices. <laughs> All, <laughs> right. All right. So, I'm starting off with Gus Brayshaw. Okay, yeah. As I'm... my, um, my, I guess, captain option in the midfield. Um, then it drops off very quickly to Jack Steele and Rocky. 
Um, I think value-wise, there's um, great... Are you counting Rocky as a mid-pricer or an under-priced? Under-priced premium. Okay, yeah, yeah. There we I go. think with his, a second year at the club, over his injury issues, um, I think he, can, he can't reclaim what he did previously, um, but I think he can still improve. So that's, so that's three down. I've then got uh, Liberatore. I've got Andrew Brayshaw. I've got James Cousins. I've got Walsh and Constable on the field. Mm-hmm. And then my bench is Nick Hind and Bailey Scott. Okay. Uh, I'm going, <laughs> this is going to be interesting to unwrap. So, um, so Gus Brayshaw, I love that pick. I think he's going up into the top eight this year. Um, it's, he's going to have a terrific year, particularly because other teams are going to have to pay close attention to Clayton Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, a lot of people have been saying with Jack Viney eventually coming back, will that hurt him? No, because we've seen plenty of times, and we went to a game, so watch this live, him just absolutely he destroying just people space. on the outside. He finds space, he gets quick, you know, plus one, six, yeah. plus sixes, it's brilliant. And you know, the other thing too is Viney's always injured anyway. Yeah, yeah so exactly. He, even when he's back, he'll be getting <laughs> injured guy. pretty soon anyway. Um, all right, Jack Steele, love that pick. Um, Rocky... Interesting. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I, I mean, can he go back up? Can can he do it? So I, there's a chance he can. He's priced at 82. Mm-hmm. I think he can quite easily go up to mid 90s. Okay, particularly to start the year. Yep. So and that so he's priced at sorry 82. And you think he, at eight, he's six hundred thousand? Yep. Well, it might not be priced at eighty two. He averaged eighty two. Yep. So uh, I, I think that's a big enough jump. Yeah. If he yeah, goes, yeah. if he goes up to ninety five or so from eighty two average, that'll get you enough cash so to he, justify that. He's not that someone pick. I intend to have in there the whole year. He's just underpriced. I think there's value. He can jump, and then I can figure out what to do with him. Yeah. And it, this is all dependent on role as well, and how Hinkley is playing him. If he's not being played in the right role, get rid of him early. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So you had Rockliffe, and then it was after that it drops off a fair bit. Um, <laughs> Liver. Liver is a great pick. No, nothing wrong with Liver. Um, you've left out someone very important who I'll talk about later. And in comparison, I hate the Andy Brayshaw pick. I'm sorry, man. I love you, and I love Andy Brayshaw as well. I think he's going to be great, but compared to this guy. And it's salary cap. And I may as well mention him now. It's, it's Brad Crouch. Yeah, it's Brad you Crouch. don't have Brad Crouch and yet you have Andrew Brayshaw. Don't get me wrong. I think Andrew Brayshaw is much less injury prone, obviously, mm-hmm. yep. and will play more on the park. But Brad Crouch, if he's playing, is going to cream him scoring wise. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Brayshaw is just going to fall behind and not score enough. And if Brad Crouch gets injured, you just trade him out. We have unlimited trades. Yes. So my counter to that is the number of mid prices in there. I can't take the risk of someone that I think is going to get injured very quickly. Ugh. Then because I would then, get. I, then I would get rid of some mid prices. To, to be honest, I think it's a mistake starting a team this year without Brad Crouch. If he's fit and ready to play round one, I think it's a big mistake. I. So the entire preseason, he has not been in my team once. I know you are really not keen on him. No, you, I, you're. I I had a. <laughs> I think someone at the draft described you as someone who. I, I think this was before you got there when <laughs> when we had our uh, redraft league on the weekend, uh, and we were talking about Brad Crouch, and I said Matt has not once had him in his in any of his salary cap leagues. Um, and someone described you as not wanting to cross the road until the green man came up, <laughs> despite there being a clear road um, or a car in the distance or something. So, like, the thing is, the green man has never come up for him. Oh, for me. I think that this is the time. This is the time the green man is flashing. You're ready to go. I think you've got to go all out on break crash. So I'm viewing not having him as a point of difference. So when he gets injured on 
in a game and he's only scored 10 points, mm-hmm. that's when I strike. But you've already got so many points of difference in your side that putting Brad Crouch in mm. would actually benefit you because, I mean, you've got enough. Like, you're just, ta- yeah, you're just adding on risk. Like, if Brad Crouch does, say it's a 50-50 shot... If he does come out and smash it, you are missing out on so much and still risking a lot on the back end. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, but it's it's tough. It's it's a lot yeah. of risk mitigation there. Um, all right, so we'll get back on. So yep. uh, we've talked about Andy Brayshaw, who I still think will be good, but isn't for me in salary cap this year. Yeah. Um, okay. Who else did you have after that? Sam Walsh. Uh, I've got Cousins in there as You've well. You've got Cousins. Love that pick. Great pick. Yep. Really cheap. Awesome job. Love that. Mm-hmm. Then Sammy Walsh was Sammy after Walsh, that. Sammy Walsh, lock and load, and lock, absolute lock and constable. Load. Uh, Constable. Constable may not make round one. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm kind of doubting he will make round one. Yep. Um, if that happens, then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, and your bench was... Uh, Bailey Scott and Nick Hind. Yep. Uh, you didn't have Michael Gibbons on there. Uh, no. I have had him pretty much all preseason. Got rid of him um, a couple of days ago. Um, just because of the expectation of the role. Mm-hmm. Um, small so, forward, small, small is forward. I yeah. don't think he's going to score enough to... Like, he'll go up in price a lot because of how cheap he is, yeah. but um, I thought I'd rather spend a little bit more and get somebody that I think is going to score more. Job security is the thing for me with Michael Gibbons, I yeah. think, more. So, I, I went him over someone like... Uh, uh, maybe... Uh, Brett Bewley or something like yeah, that. Absolutely. or absolutely. Um, and I guess he's probably the obvious... Or a Nick Hind. He's the obvious answer for me if Constable doesn't make the round one team. And, and also if Brett Bewley is named um, in round one because he's uh, a little bit iffy. So, um, yeah. uh, all right. So, yeah, I all in all, I like most of the picks. <laughs> I still think there's one that you've left out. So, should we dive into mine? Jump into yours. All right. So, I've got Cogs as my number one choice. I think he is going to be... Behind, obviously behind McRae. McRae's going to be the number one scorer in fantasy this year. I think you can afford to start without him because I don't think he's going to go up hugely in price. Um, I think there may be even a little bit of fluctuation at the start of the season. So you may mm-hmm. be able to pick him up for even just 30 or 40k cheaper um, at some stage. And I think Cogs is going to go through the roof this year. I think this is his year. Um, uh, I've got Jack Steele after that. Uh, I've got Tommy Rockliffe. Again, it hurts. Uh, I've got Dom Sheed after yeah, that. Yeah, he was in my team for a little while. Brad Crouch. Then Tom Libertore. Mm-hmm. Sammy Walsh. I've got Michael Gibbons on the field, but that will probably exchange with uh, Charlie Constable as well if he's named in round one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Constable's on my bench, and I've got either Brett Bewley or Nick Hind, whichever one is probably you know named in round one. So most okay. likely... Nick Hind. Uh, yeah, I'd be very surprised if Bewley makes the one. Yeah, because there was a lot of preseason hype about Bewley, and then he just didn't play JLT, which yeah. was very confusing for a mature ager entering into Frio's team, which is full of injuries. Yeah, which and it does kind of indicate to me that he's probably not in Ross Lyon's plans yeah. for round one. Okay, so going through the team, already talked about Cogs, and he's a premium anyway. I think he's going to be top yeah, eight. You I'm, can't really argue he's against He's going to be it. top eight. I really like Cogs. Um, I think that's just your preference for Cogs over and, Brayshaw. And there's no no reason yeah. why you couldn't go Brayshaw. Like, they're both great players. Brayshaw saves you like 60k, but I think Gus uh, Cogs is going to have a really good start. Yep. Um, I like it. We've uh, discussed Steele. And we and I really we didn't really discuss him too much, actually. We just we both have him and we yeah. both we both think it's a pretty vanilla pick, like he's going 
But I honestly think he's going to go up to average about 105 this year. Yeah, I think, I think he because he's what, he's got six, such a good ceiling. 685k at the moment, which is about 94. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can quite easily push up to 100 just because I think he's ready to take the next step. I'm not as convinced he can go 105. I think it's 105. I think 100 is probably um, sort of basement what to expect from mm-hmm. him as an average. Uh, we've already talked about Tom Rockliffe, and I I know I complained about him, but he's in my side. <laughs> All right, Dom Sheed. Now, you mentioned that you had him in your team a little while ago. Yep. What made you put him out? Um, Super tough, isn't it? Gut feel. Mm -hmm. His finals were awesome. His preseason's been awesome. But it's not a big enough sample size for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to go through some numbers, uh, Mm -hmm. from round 22 last year, before the finals, he went 120, 94, 97, 92, 105... That was the grand final, 105. Yep. And then two huge games in the JLT, yep. wherein all of Gaff, Redden, Shuey, they, you know, they were all playing, playing as well. Yeah. Um, it gave me a lot of confidence seeing that with all of them in there, and mm. Sheed's still scoring well. Yep. Sheed's never going to get tagged. Like They'll no. know his name now over in Melbourne, yep. but surely you've got to look after Yo and Gaff. He's and not a good Shuey enough user to tag. Has surprisingly... As a user, he's actually gotten better over the last few oh, years. Yeah. Um, he's still not a game-breaker in terms of how he uses the Yeah, um, and I just think the fact that... We mentioned this in last week's podcast. The fact that he's 60k cheaper than Tom Rockliffe. If I was having to choose between the two, mm. I would go Sheed myself. Um, it, it's a tough choice, but we, you know, Sheed's one of those guys who is... Uh, he's still a young guy. He's just turning 24 towards the end of this yeah. year. He's building into a career still. This is his fifth-year breakout, which a lot of you know uh, fantasy coaches out there say that there's two years to really notice a breakout. You've got the third year, and you've got fifth, which is for players who take a little bit longer to mature. Um, Tom Rockliffe is a mature age, so obviously he's, he's quite a bit older, yeah. and he's had a couple of years where he's been really down. He's playing for a coach we don't trust. Um, True. If I was having to choose between the two, it'd be Sheed, but at the moment I've got both in my team. Look, I, I like him as a selection. I just made the choice not to have him in my team mm-hmm. but I I have no issue with starting with him yep. I, I think particularly with Gaff missing for the first couple of rounds mm-hmm. he's got an opportunity to make a lot of cash early and there's a solid chance that just to minimise some of the risk in my team that I may even take those two mid-prices out altogether put Cousins in for Dom Sheed bring another get some cash in. bring another true premium midfielder in maybe even maybe I bring in McRae because that gives mm-hmm. me enough cash pretty much to go straight up to McRae um, and then yeah, just have cousins on my field as well. That's an an yeah. honest to god chance for me. The issue this year is so there's a lot of like a lot. There's an there's enough 170k rookies that we've talked about already. Even yeah, um, in your um, your hind, your Bailey Scott, your um, we constable. didn't talk about Bailey Scott actually. We'll, we'll get back we'll get to, to that. that. Your um, your constable and your Gibbons, but I'm just not overly confident in any individual one of them. Yep. So for me. The cash generation this year, mid-prices are a legitimate option for cash generation rather than the basement price rookies. I like it. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I've gone with so many mid-prices because I don't trust a lot of the rookies. Well, you've noticed I've gone pretty much a similar amount of mid-prices so far to you. So, yeah. yeah, So we'll just get on to Bailey Scott quickly. (laughs) If he's named round one, he'll be in my team. That's It's easy as that. These are rookies, guys. If they're in round one and you think that there's a chance, if you've read some articles, if you've seen, you know, coach interviews that are really glowing, like heaping a lot of praise onto these youngsters... If they're in the team round one, just bring them into your side. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, we'll get on to the ruck lineups. Uh, do you want me to just get into mine? And, uh, you do yours yeah. first. All right, so my, mine's easy. It's the end ruck lineup of Grundy and Gorn. So yeah. I've splurged some cash. That's where a lot of my cash from the midfield has gone. We're really only starting one premium. Yeah. Um, and this will change if Gorn is a uh, is paired with Pruce in the first round, which I doubt he will be from all accounts. Yeah. Um, but if he's not, it'll be Grundy and Gorn straight up. And then my bench is Fort and Cameron because, again, the... I mean, the ruck bench never really matters as much. You can you can be a bit finagly sometimes and bring in a ruck forward um, yeah. to try and add a bit of flexibility to your team. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a chance Fort might come in at some stage because no one knows what Geelong's doing with their ruck. <laughs> and Cameron, yeah. I mean, Cameron's been in my team for the past three years, so why not just <laughs> continue the tradition? To get game. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I don't hate it. I think Grundy is almost a lock for everyone. Um, Gorn I really like I think he'll be the number two at the end of the year I think his average will probably take a little bit of a hit from what it was last year because I think they will trial Bruce with him at some point mm-hmm. which will impact I don't think it will work so I think they'll revert to using Gorn and he'll finish the year off strongly so you reckon it'll, there'll be like a three week period or something like that where they go right we brought this guy in we need to play him so we'll play Bruce with Gorn yep. um, it's going to tank Gorn's scores and you guys, and people can jump on it a couple of weeks after that once Gorn you know Bruce is relegated back to the BFL Gorn yeah. is playing on his own and the scoring goes back I, up. I can see that happening or the other scenario mm-hmm. is because um, Simon Goodwin can sometimes um, try and be very clever I can see them <laughs> doing a bit of a situational thing where if they're coming up against a dom- another dominant Ruckman or another team that plays two Ruckman they might bring Pruce in to give him a chop out yeah, so it I might like be matchup based mm-hmm. so we'll see over the first month or so how it plays out okay um, alright what's your Ruck lineup? have you got similar uh, similar-ish I've gone Grundy um, yep. I've gone Sean Darcy as my Ruck too oh okay yeah again going for the value there mm-hmm. I did have gone in but I took him out to have, make enough money for some of the other mid prices. yep um I haven't decided yet if I'm going to keep Sean Darcy because his JLT wasn't amazing, mm-hmm. but he will be. Um, he'll be, oh, he'll he'll, be he'll a good mid-price ruckman for me. I think there's a lot of value there. Yep. Um, and then my bench is Fort um, and Archie Smith. Archie Smith, yeah, that's another good option. I think Archie. He's not basement price though. Two hundred and seventeen k. So he's about uh, forty. Yeah, almost fifty k more expensive. Yeah. Not so. a huge amount, but enough to. That I can understand people not doing it, but if I think they want to play him. If he's playing round one, I'll bring Darcy Smith, uh, Darcy Smith, Archie Smith in. Um, if he's not playing round one, I would, if I were you, I would go back and save an extra few k um, yeah. just with a cheap ass Ruckman. Um, oh, look, because it, you can it, always it, trade I will him in. Do that if I'm going to use that money on someone. Yeah. If it's just going to sit in the bank, I'll probably keep him in there because I think he will play pretty early on because they want to give him the chance to show he can be the next Ruckman. See, I don't mind starting the season with an extra 40 to 60k in the bank if that's, you know, I, if that's how your team looks and it's okay and they're, they're all yeah. playing in round one or, you know... I'd rather have a third Ruckman that I think I can keep for the year and generate cash from mm-hmm. rather than have a Ruckman that isn't going to play. Yeah, that's true. But on the other hand, you can always bring him in when he gets named. So and like, again, I come back to the number of mid prices I've got. I'm probably going to be walking a very fine line about when to drop them. <laughs> all right, all right. So um, forwards. We, yeah, we'll go with our forward line. You, uh, I'll go first. Yep. Yeah, let me know. What are you all going? Um, so the forward rookies are rubbish yeah, for they the are. most part. Yeah, so I've shocking. spent a, I've spent a bit of money here. Um, so this is where a lot of my money went. Mm-hmm. I've got Dangerfield. Yeah. Dunkley. Mm-hmm. Boke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boke. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll discuss that. <laughs> Warple. Yep. Setterfield. Willem Drew. And then on the bench, I've got Burgess and Parker. This is interesting, actually. Yep, go on. Yeah, so um, I'll talk about your team a little. Actually, no, I won't, won't even talk about your team that much. I'm going to go straight into naming mine. Yep. Because mine is Patrick Dangerfield, Josh Dunkley, um, and then instead of Boak, I've gone Jack Billings. Yeah, yep. Uh, and then I've got Warple, Setterfield, Drew, Burgess, and Parker. So, right, so there's only one difference. Exactly the same, aside from the Billings and Boak decision there. Yeah, um, okay. What made you go Boke over Billings? Do, do you think backing... Because they, they have mentioned in the preseason that he's going to be playing his midfield role again. He's not going to be playing as a forward. <clears throat> Boke? Yeah, because yeah. He, that was a stupid decision and I think they've realised that. <laughs> I think it's, for me, I'm... <clears throat> it's more a lack of trust in Billings. Yeah. And this is probably me being gun-shy after starting him last year. I like your lack of trust in Billings and yet you've brought Tom Rockliffe into your side. <laughs> Rockcliffe has runs on the board, though. <laughs> True. Billings has no runs on the board. Average 95 as a forward two years ago. No runs on the board. <laughs> Average 95 and was in the top All right, so six. he's had one good year. Rocky has had two bad years, and one of those was... I think it's two bad years. Yeah, he has. He's had two poorer years. Two so. poorer years, and one of those, he was having shoulder issues and was at a new club. Mm-hmm. So you pretty much scratched that one. So he's had one bad year versus Billings having one good year. Yeah. So for me, it's the fact Rocky has runs on the board, Billings far less. So mm-hmm. if he starts the year off well, he'll probably be an early upgrade target for me. Yeah. But um, Boak, for me, I don't know. It's more just a gut feel than anything else. I originally had Mundy mm-hmm. rather than Boak because I think, and I think it's a very similar story for both of them. Through necessity, I think they're both going to play a lot of midfield minutes this year because they have young, underdeveloped midfields that will need protection. Yeah. Um, so they'll move from the forward line role to the midfield. They'll score a lot. They'll get a lot of the ball. Um, for me, it just came down to the fact that Boak was about 50k cheaper mm. than Monday, which is why I ended up going for yeah. him. So going back to Rockliffe, just quickly, um, I, I may have over-exaggerated when I said two bad years. He's had one terrible year last year, where, which was his first at Port, where he's 82.7 average. Yep. Um, the year before that, he averaged 103. But the reason I say it was so bad is because that's coming down from the lofty heights of 134 and 116 the years before. So yeah, okay. he dropped from that ultra premium, which everyone, a lot of people yep. bought him in as at, in 2017, and just became sort of your a regular premium. average premium. Yeah. So for me, where he's priced, if he can get to 103 this year... That would be crazy. That then, would be great. Yeah, I'm overjoyed with that. But managing the expectations, don't expect him to go 120. Mm-hmm. If he goes 103, that's, that's 105, huge. then that's a tick for starting with him. Yeah. The uh, the only downside is he plays in Ken Hinckley's team and could be in the forward line at any minute. It's really worrying. That's true. But again, he's in my team for all of those reasons you just listed, but you've got to take it with a grain of salt because Ken Hinckley, Luke Beveridge, um, even, you know, Horse Longmire, those are sort the sorts of coaches that I really don't trust. You can throw Ross Lyon in there as well for fantasy purposes. Yeah, um, yeah so, and as you were saying with uh, with Billings and Boak, the reason I've gone Billings mm-hmm. over Boak is because, like I was mentioning, the year before last, he's had a down year. He was played out of position. I think he needed to move on to the wing. Mm-hmm. They needed to accelerate that quicker than they had. Alan Richardson made a mistake there. Because he was progressing super well, he'd average ninety five. Um, he's still got that forward status. I think he'll 
He won't surpass that particularly, but I think he'll get up to about 95 or 96 average, something like that this year, which would actually put him around about fourth highest averaging forward or fifth highest averaging forward yeah, um, compared I'm, to last year's scores. I'm not... Con- I, I think he can do it. In fact, I know he can do it. Mm-hmm. I'm he's not done convinced he will do it. Hmm. I hope he does. And if he looks like he's going to, he'll be one of my first upgrade targets. Yeah. So his, the progression was he'd gone uh, in 2015, 79 average, then 84, 94, and then back to 85. Yeah. So I think he can get back towards yeah. that. Like I said, I'm just a little gun shy from last year. Yeah. Um, which is probably, like you sort of pointed out, probably a little bit hypocritical considering some of the other guys I've got in my team, but a lot that's of just how I feel. All right, so just quickly to run through some of the other players that we've both chosen. Dangerfield yep. is a lock. Yep. For me, Dunkley is a lock after some interviews with... Again, we're trusting Beveridge here, but <laughs> after interviews suggesting that he'll be playing much more midfield than he will forward yeah. compared to McLean, who is playing more forward than midfield. Yeah. Um, if, he's, if Beveridge is trying to throw the competition off by saying that, I hate you, Luke. But if he's not, if that is genuine, then you need to have Dunkley in your side because he's underpriced for what he can put forward. Yep, agreed. Um, Warple, I, I think this is his real year to, you to come out. You start with him. It's just, it's role. It's the fact that Tom Mitchell has gone out. It's the fact it's that It's a he, perfect storm yeah, for him. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And he showed a lot towards the, the middle part of last year. Yep, agreed. Um, Will Setterfield, this guy looks like the, the pick of the real... I, I say in inverted commas, rookie price players for the forward line. Yeah. Um, he is going to average super well for me. I think he goes at an average of about 80 this year, mm-hmm. um, which is a real, which is still him stepping back into AFL football. Absolutely. But he's yeah. doing that as a forward, as a rookie pricer. That's yeah. huge. I'm not convinced he'll go 80. I think 75 is probably more that's, that's realistic. That's probably more realistic. But for but what he's priced, that's still a win. Mm-hmm. Um, Willem Drew, again, you, you already mentioned that um, he's one of the forward rookies that you kind of need to have because he's guaranteed to play round one. He's got the ability to rack it up. He's more mature. He's a little bit older than some of these guys. Third-year player, so he will have had time in the gym and he will have had some... He will have had more pre-seasons even if they have been interrupted with injuries. So um, I think he should be a good early-season cash cow. Not convinced he'll last the full season Mm -hmm. um, because... To be quite blunt, we just don't know what he can do. And also, Wines is coming back at some stage. I'm not sure how it's going to disrupt the team lineup. Yeah, but I think he'll be great for an early cash grab. Yeah. And the two we had on the bench, Burgess, they've got to play someone up forward for Gold exactly. Coast, and he might get some points. He'll, he'll be a heartbeat. He'll be a very, very, very slow burn as a heartbeat. Not dissimilar to the Collins discussion we just mm-hmm. had, except I think he'll score even less yeah, than Collins. He, I think he will, but it's just but there's he's, no and good. And he's just his yeah. basement price. And it, it's a little bit handy as well that he has... Uh, defensive status too so you can yep. switch him back and forth depending on if you get any injuries yep, agreed. Uh, and Matthew Parker he looks like he's got around one spot um, he's not going to score particularly well he's quite a flashy player but at the same time Heartbeat. he could yeah he could just tick along and get you some points yep. so Heartbeat. you're just hoping that a lot of these guys you don't have to play on your field but yeah. having two trades per mm-hmm. week and an unlimited amount of those two trades per week is really handy in this format yeah cool so that's our teams. Yeah, Do you want to run through yours from top to bottom very all quickly? All right, so defence got Lloyd, Witherden, Smith, Williams, Jordan Clark, Dersma on the field with Scrimshaw and Marty Hoare as the bench. Uh, I've got captain in Steve Canelio, uh, and then Jack Steele, Tom Rockliffe, Dom Sheed, Crouch, Liberatore, Sam Walsh, and Michael Gibbons on my field with uh, Brad Bewley slash Nick Hind um, and Charlie <laughs> Constable on my bench. Yep. Um, rock lineup is Grundy, Gorn, then Fort and Cameron on the bench. 
Uh, and the forwards, I've gone with Dangerfield, Dunkley, Jack Billings, Warple, Will Setterfield, Willem Drew, all on my field with Burgess and Parker on the bench. Excellent. And for mine, it is... Jake Lloyd, Whitfield, Williams, Brody Smith, Miller, Jordan Clark on the field with Dersma and Hoare on the bench. Uh, and Angus Brayshaw as my captain. Um, You've got two Brayshaws in your midfield. So. Yes, I may call my team Brayshaw and Brayshaw this, team, this year. Um, Rockliffe, Steele, Libber, Cousins, other Brayshaw, Walsh, Constable on the field, and Hind and Scott on the bench. Grundy and Darcy starting in the ruck with Fort and Smith on the bench. And then up forward, Dangerfield, Dunkley, Boak, Warple, Setterfield, Drew, and on the bench, Burgess and Parker. Yeah, I like it. So, I, I, surprisingly, for all of the you know mid-price madness talk up, we had a similar amount of mid-prices in our time. I was expecting yours to be a lot more Guns and Rooks than it was. I, I normally do that, but I completely agree with you in the fact that there's a lot more value this year, it seems, to be found in mid-prices. And like, I normally start with three to four guns in my midfield. Me too. And realistically, the only ones I would count as true guns this year for me are Cornelio and Jack Steele, who I think could be a gun this year. Yeah. Tom Rockliffe, he's an underpriced premium who I, who won't be being kept. Jack mm-hmm. Steele, if he does what I think, he could be kept at the end. He could be you a top eight midfielder. Top eight. There's a chance, man. If, if he gets to 105 average, that pushes him up into contention Look, for a top I eight I would mid. love if he did from my keeper league, but um, <laughs> it's tough. I'm not convinced he will. Um, Look, before we move on to the next portion of the oh, I've, been looking, I've been looking forward to this portion I know, of the podcast. I know, but before we move on to it, are there any guys that weren't in either of our teams you want to talk about? Um, I mean, the, the obvious one, we talked about Jack McRae, yep. um, who I think that you can afford to start the year without. You don't necessarily need him um, mm-hmm. because you're paying an extra 90k over one of the ne- some of the next best guys. Um, you know, I think Andrew Gaff is a good one to bring up because mm-hmm. he's someone that I think can average similar-ish to what he did last year, which makes him a top eight mid. So you're going to have to look to bring him in at some stage in the year. Yep. Um, there's, there's no one in particular I want to signal out. If anyone does have any questions, remember we are at the Twitter handle at ExtendedBenchAU. Um, so feel free to hit us up with any questions. If there's any players that you're mulling over, just send a question through. We'll be able to answer it on Twitter for you. Um, and we will be, of course, continuing with our weekly podcasts as of next week, uh, where we'll break down the game by game, look at some of the players you should be picking up in your draft league waiver wires, some of the trades you should be making in salary cap leagues. Um, but yeah, there's no one particularly I want to bring up. Cool. All right, so we're going to jump... I did have one, but I've lost it now. I can't remember. <laughs> so we'll just move on. <laughs> the, the amount, for the amount of research you were doing at the start of the podcast, we have forgotten a lot of stuff. I'm just, All right. I'm just in the moment. All right, we're going to jump straight into the next segment, which is well, we do this every year, and it's unsuccessful every year. But <laughs> Last year was really ugly. Well, we're going to make our big calls. Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to select... Now, what we've done in the past, I should say, is we have selected who we think is going to be the best in each position at the end of the year. So this the best, best average. Defend, yeah, best averaging defender, midfielder, forward, and ruck. Um, in addition to our number one breakout player of the year mm-hmm. and also our rookie choice of the year. So someone who's going to make you the most cash and also average very, very well yep. for you on your yep. field. Um, we changed that this year. <laughs> yes, we felt that the top players in each line was potentially going to be quite predictable. Um, it, and it does probably seem- the second and third 
um, would probably be fairly easy very, to guess as very well. So probably not too exciting for people to hear. No, I think if we just stood here and said, you know, Jake Lloyd, Jack McRae, Brody Grundy, and Paddy Dangerfield, that people are going to turn the podcast off. Which fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I would too. That's how did fair. you guess my top four? <laughs> how did you guess my top four? All right, so we're going to um, go through and instead talk about some of the players that we feel who would outside of that you know, top six defender status, top eight midfielder status, that we feel can have a real chance to break into that top echelon. So someone that you may will be a little bit of a POD. They won't have been in the top six or top eight last year, yep. but they could be someone you need to finish up the year with this yep. year. Because the top six, top eight from last year never stays the same. There's no. always someone that falls out, someone that falls in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should say that this is our best guess. Um, and we have intentionally, in some cases, gone for players that are a little bit more left field than they need to be. Yes. Um, just to give some more food for and, thought. And to give a bit of an example of that, we're going to dive straight into the defenders. So some yep. people that we think can break into the backline top six this year uh, for salary cap leagues. Now, the obvious choice here is Witherden. Yes. Because he was outside of the top six defenders yep. last year. However, we feel that... The backline in particular is so set in stone for us, almost. It's it's almost like the top six of Lloyd, Laird, we've got Whitfield, Sicily, Simpson, and Witherden. Yep. Those top six almost seem like they can't really be kicked out by anyone yeah. else. It, it'll take an injury or something very unexpected, we feel, for that six to change. So, we've gone with someone a little bit different, a little more left field, just in case that injury happens, for example. Mm-hmm. Or, also because, you know... we you, have you to might ch- want to put POD in your yeah. team. And we have to choose different players as well, <laughs> yeah. so one of us can't just go with it and, <laughs> and just, oh, just leave the other guy with someone else. So, I'll go first. Um, my defender that I think has a, a real chance, and... This isn't really breaking the mould because he did finish 7th last year as the averaging defender, is Shannon Hearn. Uh, and there's an obvious reason for that, which was uh, exemplifi- oh, exemplified in his JLT matches. He was the number one play-on from the kickouts uh, over the JLT series. Uh, so he took the most on the run outside the square, which gave him some extra points. Um, I reckon that even if his average goes up by you know only an extra 1 or 2 of those kick, those play on kicks, that's an extra you know three to six points to his average. That's a pretty big jump for a, a really mature player. Yeah, and the other thing with him is he hasn't been a one year wonder either. His last two years have actually been quite solid. So yeah. there's a little bit of a um, little bit of form there. there. Yeah. yeah. So the West Coast Eagles are playing a style which is conducive to decent fantasy scoring back there, um, and. Teams do really have to put a lot of time and effort into Jeremy McGovern nowadays. Yes. So Shannon Hearn does get left a little bit free to roam. He averaged eighty, basically eighty nine last year. If he goes up by that, you know, six or so points, say that gives him a ninety five average and pushes him comfortably into the top six for or defenders for me. And I think he's a very interesting POD. Yep, I like it. All right. So who are you looking at? I am going with Brody Smith. Yeah. I. So mid price is starting. And somehow I don't, I don't hate it because every, people are going to want to start with him and it may just come down to the fact that you want to keep him in your team. Yeah, so I think for Brody Smith, he's going to be there's going to be the three halfbacks for me for Adelaide this year in Laird, Miller and Smith. Yep. And I reckon all three of them are, go, are going to go nuts this year. So they're going to share the ball between them and they're going to launch everything off that halfback um, line. I think Smith... In fact, I know Smith has according to Laird, pretty much demanded the ball for the kick-ins. As we he mentioned earlier. He's going to be the kick-in guy. 
and he loves to run and carry. Mm. So I think exactly like with Hearn, there's going to be a lot of um, plus threes from that. He only averaged 77.5 last year, but that was off two games coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. So I think um, you can kind of disregard that a little bit. I think he will. he's a lot more left field than Hearn, but I think he can quite easily score... I think I think he can push it up to ninety, including yeah, these averages, and, and maybe even slightly beyond that, depending on how many kick-ins he's actually taking. Yeah. For me, the other thing too is that Laird is the known factor there. So teams have already figured out they need to lock down on Laird a little bit. Yep. Um, and you saw his scores drop off a little bit towards the back end of last year. And Miller is going to be really flashy, and he'll be catching the eye. So I think teams will put time into him as well. Smith may slip under the radar a little yeah, bit. It, it'll be interesting to see, actually. So I like that pick as well. All right, so we're going to dive into the uh, midfield picks, guys that we think can get into the top eight this year who may have been just outside. Maybe these guys yeah. are PODs for you. Um, I'll uh, I'll kick it off with my choice, who is Matt Crouch. I mean, this guy's been there or thereabouts for the last couple of years, but he just hasn't managed to scrape his way into that really top echelon of players, so that real top eight um, and the ones we were talking about from last year as well, by the way, for just as an example for everyone listening out there, I'll, uh, I'll bring up the top eight from last year, top eight midfielders. Um, if I can just vamp like for a little bit. No, 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 I got, time. no, I got it here. Uh, no filling required. So we had Jack McRae, Andrew Gaff, Paddy Cripps, Clayton Oliver, Trelaw, Kelly, Ross, and then Elliot Yo. So that was the top eight in terms of averaging mm-hmm. midfielders last yeah. year. Um, we both think there's a couple of guys that could fall out yep, there. There's a chance that Elliot... I feel Elliot Yo will fall out, particularly coming back from an injury. Um, I feel that there's a chance Josh Kelly could be targeted by some taggers in particular. Mm-hmm. And also, he's pretty much had... Um, well, he's had very little preseason, from yep. what I've heard. Adam Trelaw. I mean, we don't know what the Dane Beams factor is going to do to scoring. It may... Yep. may may free him up a little bit more. Teams have to focus on beams. They do. Or it may take a little bit off every other midfielder in the Collingwood engine room. I mean, those points just don't magically come from somewhere. They have to be taken away from somewhere else. Only so much ball to get. Um, And also, I mean, I know you're really high on Seb Ross, but I think that he's another one who's a chance to just slowly drop off. Um, Just even slightly by two or three points, and he's really close to teetering on the edge. Yeah, I reckon he stays pretty much where he is. I I mean, I could see him dropping by a couple of points, but by the same token, I can see him staying pretty much Even rising by a couple of points. But So the, the one that I brought up was Matt Crouch, who was just outside of that again. Uh, he's gone at an average of, in the past couple of years, 106.7 in 2017 and 105 last year. So he's just on that precipice. I think this is the year really coming into the four. He's got he's one of the really like big, important midfielders for Adelaide this year. Sloan had dropped off last year. He became the main guy. He'll continue that on. Uh, he's heading into really his fifth year as well, which is another mm-hmm. sort of breakout point. Yep. I think that he could go up to an average of about 108, something like that, which definitely puts him in the conversation. Yeah, I think the other factor for Matty Crouch as well is the fact that he um, he started last year with a couple of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might have got concussed early on in the year from memory. or He did, yeah. So he, he yeah. had a couple of injuries. Which but we started with him last both year. Both of us did, yeah. Which would have impacted on his average. So I mm-hmm. think... Taking that out, there's a great opportunity, even just that factor alone. Yeah, so really like the Matty Crouch pick. How about yours, mate? Um, I have gone with Gus Brayshaw. Of course. Um, <laughs> and looking at my list, I've just realised all of my um, all of the guys I've chosen are in my salary cap team. So, but that's a good sign as well. So the reason I couldn't get... Uh, 
uh, Matty Crouch into my team is because I just love Stephen Cornelio too much. However, he's guaranteed lock if he yeah. plays every game for the top eight anyway. Yeah, so for me, Gus Brayshaw, he averaged 105.1 last year off 19 games. He's just a ball magnet. Um, I mean, we covered this a little bit when we were talking about my team. Mm-hmm. He just, he can play inside, he can play outside. He, he's he, a gun. He's just a gun. He just gets the ball. He gets plus sixes. He kicks goals. There's a lot of weapons in that midfield for Melbourne. Um so there'll be a bit of attention to him this year, but he started last year really slowly and it was sort of the back half of the year that pushed him up to that 105. Mm-hmm. So if he can go even somewhere close to how he finished last year across the entire year, then that 105, I think, jumps up to the 108 or whatever it is that he'll need to really sort of be pushing at that I like that. Um, top yeah. Eight. yeah, good point. Um, and I, I love Angus Brayshaw, so he, he's a massive chance and to be a true ultra-premium this the, year. The other thing, too, for, I guess, any Melbourne midfielder is their game plan is possession-based. Yeah. So there's some teams that just move it quickly and direct. Richmond. Melbourne possess the ball. Yeah. So, so fantasy-wise, you love it. Um, we'll, uh, we'll go into the forward line as well. And the reason we're skipping past the rocks is because we both comfortably think that it's just Grundy and Gorn. Just, yeah. just deal with it. It's going to happen at the end of the year. I mean, if you want to start with someone else instead of Gorn, just to make a save a little bit of money, we already talked about Sean Darcy. Yeah. If you trust Luke Beveridge, which I don't, you could go with Tim English. Um, yeah. And even maybe a Jared Witts is another sort of premium option. Jared Witts is really solid. The other guy I was tossing up in the last couple of days before I settled Goldstein. on Sean Darcy. Oh, Sean Darcy, yeah. The, before I settled on Darcy, the guy I was tossing up was Scott Lysette. No, 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 not for me. Not for you? No, just I, I don't see his average going up. I think he did yeah. he did something similar basically essentially at West Coast last year. Yeah. Uh, he's coming into a new team. I just don't don't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. I think he'll average basically what he did last year. I Maybe go up by li- two or three. Little bit little room for growth, but um yeah, I don't know, I just got a good feeling about him. Yeah. Okay. Um well that's um so Yeah, so forwards. that's the reason why we're ignoring the rucks, and we're going to go with a forward line. Now, I'm going with a what I feel is a pretty obvious pick in Jack Billings. So, I mean, Jack Billings is going to average for me, similar to what he did the year before last, uh, maybe push himself up to around about 95, which considering the lack of really true great forward options, I mean, obviously Devin Smith, Paddy Dangerfield... Um, who are some of the other ones that we're going to be looking at at the end of the year that are guarantees oh. in our team? So Dangerfield and um, Devin Smith are the obvious ones. Yeah, but the other um, forwards so we'll be looking we're both at really will be high Josh on, Dunkley, both high on Dunkley. Menegola yep. will probably be up around. I'd there say again. that that top sort of four. Um, um, I think Heaney is a good chance to um, take a bit of a, a leap this year. Mm-hmm. Not a massive leap, but enough to potentially push his way out of the Heaney yeah. zone. Well, I mean the hot the um, uh, the Hoff was in the top six last year, and I don't think he replicates that. And no. McLean was technically in there last year as well. And given his what he's been saying this preseason, I don't think that he scores highly enough to be in there either. Yeah, so, so I think he falls away. Um, I, I think um, so I think Billings can average yeah. close to that 95, which definitely pushes him up into the top six forwards. Yeah. And for me, um, the guy I'm about to talk about next um, and another player are also in that discussion. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Take it away. Cool. I mean, so uh, so mine is, is Boke. And again, <laughs> yes, this is pretty much just replicating the conversation from the salary cap element. Oh, God. And the other guy that I think could push up there is Mundy. And it's a very similar story for both. Um, one-year wonders where they'll be supporting the young midfield by playing as out-of-position forwards in the midfield. Yep. Um, 
for Boak particularly, he's freed up the captain responsibility. Um, he averaged 96 in 2015, so I think he has um, shown that he can push those decent 90 scores where he is... Yeah, relevant? yeah, yeah. He can he can push back into relevance if he's playing the right role and if yeah. Port Adelaide are getting enough of the ball. Um, yeah. I I don't mind the pick. I would just be going Billings myself. If I had the choice between the two, I would one hundred percent be going Billings. So again, this is probably like I said, replicating our conversation from earlier. Yeah, and uh, and we're going to push on now from those uh, those players we feel are going to push into the top echelon of their uh, of their group. Uh, and talk about our breakout players. Now, I can see over the other side of the desk that you've got a ton of research over there, like a lot written <laughs> down. So I'm going to limit you because we're, we're bringing this up at the end of the year as well. Yep. So we're going to be reviewing our picks um, mm-hmm. at the end of the 2019 season and uh, and seeing how we went. So I don't want you saying two or three players from each line as your breakout player. And No, no, that's cool. I've got I've, I've narrowed it down to one. I've yep. got a t- couple of others that I might mention just as honourable um Okay, all right. So you Guys. you can do your one now. Yep. And then you can say your honourable mentions later. So who is your breakout player of the year? Andrew Brayshaw. And oh no! All right, go ahead. Not not keen. Not keen at all. So he went sixty six point eight last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could see towards the back end of the year he was trending towards better scores. He had done a ninety. I think he'd done an eighty as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he, when the incident happened in his final game of the year, it was around about halfway through the game and he was on 50, so he was tracking really well in that game as well. Yeah. I think um, after an off-season, building his, his tank and his fitness even more, uh, he's got through the JLT games unscathed, so he's in his headspace he should hopefully be good for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and realistically, he's probably the number three midfielder for Frio after Ugh. Fife and... <laughs> <laughs> I know it's worrying, isn't it? Oh god, After that's horrible. And Monday, he is the number three midfielder for me. So he is going to attend centre bounce attendances. He is going to be expected to play inside mid and win his own ball. He's going to the the position and the role and the situation for him is perfect for him to make a leap in his second year. So mm-hmm. from that sixty six point eight, I think he can quite easily jump. 18 to 20 points up to the mid-80s. Yeah. And for me, that is enough to be the breakout player of the year. No, I don't mind that. Yeah, that's not too bad. All right. So uh, I am doing some very last-minute looking up of stats because I lost all of my tabs on my computer. (laughs) But the the player I wanted to talk about, and I know I promised I wasn't going to do it, and I told you before the podcast that I wasn't going to do it, but I'm back it in Ryan Clark again this year. I got absolutely burnt last year by you Ryan really did. Clark because the bloody Kangaroos just didn't play him, and when they did, they didn't put him in the right position. So he's crossed over to Sydney, uh, and he's uh, you know he's been sort of allowed to move into that midfield role. It looks like he's going yeah. to be playing off of a wing. He's going to be moving into some of Dan Hanabry's midfield time. The coach has been saying this. It looked like that was happening in the JLT. He had some good scoring in the JLT as well. Uh, now, he's coming off of a price last year of... Now, let me just... So, last year, he averaged 70.4 off 19 games. Thank you very much. three tons with a high of 114. Yep, so he averaged 70.4. I can easily see him pushing up to high 80s to... No, maybe not low 90s. I'd say, I'd, I'd say high 80s, yeah. which is a massive increase, and it really breaks him out into becoming sort of a true fantasy player because he does have defender status. Um, now, whether that 
I don't think it's quite good enough to pick him in salary cap, yeah. considering the mid-prices that are already there. However, I feel like, you know, Ryan Clark is going to be, he's my boy, I've got to stick with him. <laughs> no, he was going to be one of my honourable mentions, so I <laughs> agree with everything you just said. I think he can have a massive year Sweet. if they play him as a midfielder. Yeah, I, and I think Which I will. think is what they recruited him for, because he was a massive accumulator as an underage player. He's got a great tank, he can run, he can win the ball, so yeah, I reckon yeah. he'll go well. No, I like that. Um, who were some of your other honourable mentions, by oh, the way? Alright, so honourable mentions, um, who have we got? I had Ryan Clark, I had Jaden Short, mm-hmm. who went at 75.9 last year, I reckon he can push that probably, I don't know, 15 points I reckon, yep. up to close to 90. Yep. Uh, Zach Fisher went at 69.5 off 17 games. Probably not as big a breakout, but I think he can push it by about 10 points or so. Okay. Up to close to 80. And uh, who else did I have? Tim Kelly, I think, is going to have a good year. Yeah, I think he'll have a good year too. Uh, all right. So, oh God. So, that's our uh, that's our breakout pick for the year. And that's going to be horrifying to see on the way back <laughs> yeah. at the end of the season. Uh, but our last pick uh, for these, well, not awards, but our, uh, <laughs> our big preseason calls is the uh, Rookie of the Year or the... The cash cow of the year that we think yes. is going to produce the most money. Now, are we both going for the obvious option here? No, I'm not going for Walsh. If that's no. if that's the obvious option for you, I I I was going to do that, but that it just seems too obvious. Um, yeah. Like, and we can't I have a number two because I yeah, figured we can't it's too both easy. go for Walsh. Um, but, but just for the record, is your do number you... two a Carlton player? No, good because I'm not counting Setterfield in this either. So <laughs> okay. both of those players, no. I'm putting aside for yeah, this. No, I figured Setterfield was probably too easy as well. Do we both think that realistically Walsh probably will be the guy? We just want to use a different name. I th- yes, I think so because we can't both just say Sam Walsh. Yeah, so I feel I'll... like it's not a game that way. We, we have, yeah. there, there has to be something in it. So we both think that he will realistically be the best cash cow, but we have other options. Yes. Who's yours? Uh, mine is my boy Xavier Dersma. Um, I know that you're not super keen on the fact that he does have a light frame, but I think he'll be played on the outside enough, running off half back and off the wing, that he'll get a little bit more protection. Um, I think he'll be a, a very, very worthy you know selection. He might play around about, I think, close to. 14 games this year, something like that. Um, and in those 14 games, he'll average very well, very consistently. Um, I think he'll go up by a lot of money, and I just think he's a great choice. He's a lock in defense for me, um, right. and he's my uh, cash cow of the year. And he's, what, about 230k or yeah, so? Yeah, 230. Yeah, alrighty. Just so we can, you know... So we can look back. So so we can, uh, so we can look back at the end of the season and just be horrified by some of our 236. picks. Two thirty six. Alrighty. Look, I don't hate it. Um, I you, you're right. I'm not as high on him as you are, but I don't hate it. I just think there's probably a better option out there. And who is your better option? It is, as I look at my own notes to see who I selected. <laughs> uh, Jackson Hatley. At 244 Look, don't, I love Jackson Hately. Love him. Don't get me wrong. I picked him up in a keeper league and I am over the moon. Do you reckon he, A, plays enough games and B, plays in a role which lets him score well enough this year? I think he is more... His body is more mature and ready for AFL, so therefore I think he plays more games than Dersma, and mm. therefore I think he makes more money. Interesting. Interesting. I think particularly with the Giants midfield to start the year, no Ward, Kelly underdone if he plays round one at all, mm-hmm. Whitfield potentially getting more attention, 
Uh, Hopper and Taranto will play the, those will sort of step into greater roles in the midfield. So I think he could play potentially midfield or half forward, and I think he could play quite well in both. Yep. And I think he's just a, a mature body that's ready to go. Yeah, nice. No, I don't mind that pick at all. Again, we are going to look back on all of these selections at the end of the season and try and decipher why the hell we made them because in <laughs> in eight months' time, we're going to have no fucking clue why we no. decided to go with these guys. So, uh, what I want to do is just before we uh, end the podcast for this week, we've got a couple of questions off of Twitter, which I want to make sure we get to. We love you guys sending in your questions. Love all of our listeners out there. If you want to jump onto, you know, iTunes or SoundCloud or any of these uh, places where you get the podcast, feel free to give us a review, give us a rating. We'd absolutely love it. And keep your questions coming in, guys. So the uh, first one this week is from AJS Hawker, uh, who's just asking us uh, if there are any defensive rookies that have half a chance of scoring decently. I think we touched on this during the first part of the podcast where we discussed our salary cap teams. The answer is no. Besides Clark, who potentially has job security issues. And And Dersma for me. I think Dersma is probably the the one. Dersma and Clark are the ones for me. There's a few others that will play, but I'm not convinced they're going to score. Jack Scrimshaw, if he's playing regularly, might have a chance to score half decently as well, but Marty Hoare, I'm not sure about. Um, Collins, again, I even I said, although I argued for him, that he's going to be a heartbeat at best. Um, I mean, none of these guys are going to score massively, so you want to try and get a lot of the, like we talked about Brody Smith, Zach Williams, and even you with Wayne Miller, you want to get some of these mid-prices into your defense. And some of the other popular um, defensive rookies in your Quainor, uh, Rosie, even Rosie, I think will play, yep. but he won't get enough of the ball to really score decently enough for you. Quainor will play at some point, but I don't think it'll be round one, um, and I don't think he will get enough of the ball early either. So, yeah, good call. Yeah. Don't mind that at all. Um, all right, so I hope that helps out, mate. Uh, next question is from Craig at Subdub. Uh, awesome. Um, and like he's that. wondering, uh, is it worth paying extra for Cousins instead of Butters for M6 in AFL Fantasy? Yes, um, for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm i not going into the season with Butters because he is more overpriced as a midfield rookie yep. um, than he needs to be. I think that... So what you want is a, um, a forward or defensive rookie that is actually going to play midfield not yes. the other way around yeah. you don't want a midfield rookie that's going to be playing small forward because even though he was amazing in the JLT the first one, JLT yeah um, across the course of the year he's not going to probably play a role and he's not kicking like three goals or whatever the hell he did in that first game every yeah, single and, game or being the link guy he's probably not going to play a role every week that's going to score overly well. So I I wouldn't be going with Butters. If you have the cash, mate, I would 100% be going up to Cousins. Very interested by Cousins, considering he looks like he's taking over a lot of Tom yeah. Mitchell's extra and time on board. He is a rookie-priced guy that's actually in his third well, he's, year. He's a bit more expensive. He's over 300 but he's close enough. Yeah, sorry, my mistake. Yeah, he's 100% close enough, and I would pay the extra 70 or 80k whatever it is to go up to him because he's going to be playing much more regularly if not every game that he's not injured for 
and he should be scoring very well playing inside contested midfield. So yeah, agreed. Um, I, I like that much better than Butters, mate. Um, so Punchy uh, at MP Punchy is uh, is asking a pretty similar question, except uh, on the flip side, he said, "Reckon Butters is worth paying up for in classic, tossing up between him or Cousins, or maybe dropping down to Gibbons, Hayes, Buley, and therefore fielding Scott if his name now." Of those options... Can you run me through those names again? Yep, so dropping... uh, Would you prefer to play Butters Mm -hmm. or maybe Cousins Mm -hmm. or one of three of Gibbons, Hayes or Bewley and playing Scott on the field if he's named? Um, I don't mind Scott on the field if he's named, but I'd be more comfortable with Cousins. Yeah, if you've got the money to buy Cousins, I would would do that. Um, However, if Scott is named round one and you can move him onto your field and have Gibbons on your bench in particular. Yeah. Gibbons is the one that I like. Yuli, I don't think, plays round. No. One. And who was the other one? Hayes. So I, I don't think Hayes is getting a go, to be honest. Is that, um, he's he's uh, from Western Bulldogs. Bulldogs? Yeah. He's I, not playing no, round one. No, he's not playing round one, I don't he's think. He's not playing so, round one. Um, I'm would, actually surprised that they announced that Bailey Smith is playing round one. Yeah, that was interesting to me. I thought he takes a little bit of time to work yeah. into the team. But to Hayes honest. definitely doesn't play round don't one. Don't get me wrong, and we love he, Bailey Smith. Yeah, absolutely. But even if Hayes does break into the team at some point, he will be playing... Probably not enough midfield minutes to really score well because Bulldogs have, I mean, for a team that doesn't tend to go so well, they have a lot of really good midfielders. They do. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so uh, we've got a, um, a question from Dim Slickis, which mm-hmm. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, do I go Grundy and Gorn but have cheaper midfielders or Cripps slash Matt Crouch with Gorn and Wits? Um I would go with the Grundy and Gorn combo and the cheaper mids because there's value in the cheaper mids. I, was I reckon. Say it's where you get the value from. Yeah, and I don't. And Wits, I don't he's think is value there. Yeah, he's not going to be going up massively. He's going to do what Wits does, which is yep. be that third or fourth highest averaging ruck. Yeah, but he's not going to go up a huge amount in price, so he's yep. not so getting you will, any money. At some point, you will need to upgrade him into Gorn. You mm-hmm. would think, um, and having Cripps and Matt Crouch are going to be great for you early on in the year, but where's the cash going to come from only, to upgrade Wits? Only go with Wits if you honestly think along Matt's lines, which is that you think Gorn is going to go down in price significantly at some stage this year, and you can pick him up cheap later. But if I was doing that, I'd probably rather go someone even cheaper, like a English if he's playing or a Darcy. Agreed. Um, and last question tonight is for uh, from Brody, who's... Uh, <laughs> reigning champion of our Keeper League, unfortunately, uh, who's asking for a friend who has a couple of injuries in draft. <laughs> How does Taylor Adams stack up in comparison to Tim Taranto and Jack Steele? Um, so, well, Brody, first of all, in a, a draft league that which has five people on the bench, so five bench players, uh, you chose... Having six injured you and had, suspended players <laughs> to start the year is too many. <laughs> Way too many, you jackass. Um, but going back to your question, how does Taylor Adams stack up in comparison to Tim Taranto and Jack Steele? Um, this year, I think that Jack Steele outscores Taylor Adams. Uh, particularly coming back from an injury and also not knowing how many points are going to be taken away from him by Dane Beans. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not necessarily convinced that Steele outscores him, but I think it's going to be close enough that you can go with Steele. Yeah, and I don't think Taranto <laughs> outscores 
Taylor Adams particularly this year. I reckon Toronto goes at around about 100 this year, yeah, and Adams right. goes just above that. Yep. Um, but going forward, so if you're talking keeper league, Toronto is going to be huge. Yep. So Toronto's the pick of them out for a keeper league. Absolutely. So uh, that's all the questions for tonight. So we're going to leave you all on that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. It's been an absolute blast taking you through the preseason. Hopefully we gave you a few helpful tips. And uh, all we can say is bring on the season. If we didn't offer you helpful tips, then send us some specific (laughs) questions and we'll do our best to remedy it. (laughs) On that note, thanks very much again for joining us and we'll catch you next week. Bring on the weekend. Come on. Catch you.